FGC Hollywood. Stay classy. Oh, and I forget that's a state, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think it's only bigger than like Rhode Island. Yeah, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know what? Really, it's actually just gentlemen. If we're being real, I always say ladies and gentlemen at the beginning of the show. If you look at the analytics, it's like 99% dudes. So I probably should just say gentlemen. <laughs> gentlemen and gentlemen. <laughs> it's that, that one dude that just put female by mistake. And that's the, that's the 1%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you man. never know. I mean, we might get called out for mm-hmm. next podcast but uh in case there are ladies out there so ladies and gentlemen welcome back to fgc hollywood a fighting game podcast episode 25 my name is max Spicer. i am joined as always by my co-host pringle the man how are you doing pringle doing all right man all right <laughs> well we have a uh, pretty packed show this week um we talked about it off air we have a lot to cover so the pacing of the show might speed up in the beginning and then we'll slow down at the end just so I can make sure I have everything under wraps. First order of business is Pringle, I don't know if you were around in the Hollywood Discord where a bunch of degenerates are in the chat. You know, they bully me on a weekly basis. They bully you on a weekly basis. They have no respect for us, right? It's okay. <laughs> but I have taken issue lately with the Hollywood Discord because apparently they've revoked my weeb card, which I will not allow. <laughs> that is unacceptable. So this might be a little long. First of all, just because I'm not like an exterior weeb where I don't talk about, you know, weeb stuff all the time doesn't mean I'm not a closeted weeb. There are weebs that come in many shapes and sizes. Here is my objection to why I'm still a weeb. Pringle, I don't know if you're like me, but when I grew up, I watched Dragon Ball Z as a kid. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of my favorites, right? Everybody has their favorite. If you're a '90s kid, you probably are. You like Sailor Moon or Inuyasha or whatever. Um, believe in Heart of the Cards, right? Yu-Gi-Oh. Everybody <laughs> has one of those things. Now, the other day, I'm just walking my dog in a nature trail. It's nice, right? It's it's beautiful. It's in the morning. The birds are chirping. the The green nature is out there. It's it's a beautiful day. Quiet. All I'm hearing is is nature. And I come across a turtle. I see the turtle. I, you know, I say hi to the turtle. And for whatever, for whatever reason, and this is how you know I'm a weeb, there are two quotes from Dragon Ball Z that I probably haven't heard in forever, but I know them because of how much of a weeb I am. There's a quote, and it's one of my favorite scenes, and Vegeta's not even my favorite character in Dragon Ball Z, but it's one of my favorite all-time scenes in Dragon Ball Z. Do you recall when Vegeta let Bobby D control him with the Majin curse? Yeah. So he gets the Majin sign on his forehead and he becomes more powerful that way, right? But he gave control to Babidi to control his thoughts. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes of all time is, is Babidi is really trying to make Vegeta kill the Supreme Kai. Mm-hmm. And he keeps, he's in his head. He's like, kill the Kai, kill the Kai. And Vegeta has like this, this like primal moment, which is one of my favorite of all time, mm-hmm. where he's basically telling him to get out of his head. He says... You may have con- taken control of my mind and my body, but there is one thing a saint always keeps, and it's his pride. And he screams out like this primal rage. And I don't know why, when I was walking in the nature trail and I saw the turtle, for some reason, I just said that quote. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my man, about to blast the turtle. I always have my pride. Yes, exactly. I have those moments all the time and like they're just regular moments where like nothing weeby is happening and just in my head it's just I have like this weird weeb moment 
mm-hmm. if that's not enough proof, another one, uh, again, Dragon Ball Z because I'm a big fan, uh, at least from the 90s. This is this is my favorite character of all time. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the Dragon Ball Z special History of Trunks? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, man. It's it's the it's one of my favorites. I think it's probably the best, but the Bardock one is really good. So if it's one A, it's one B. There's a moment again. Spoilers for History of Trunks. You should have watched it. It's from 1993. You're 27 years late. So there's a moment right where this is post um, Gohan losing his arm, and the androids are creating havoc. Right, and he's really pissed, and he wants to go fight them even though he knows he can't win. Right, so he knocks out Trunks because he doesn't want Trunks to die with him. In my opinion, it looked to me like Gohan knew he was going to die in that battle, but just as a matter of principle, he was going to go fight anyway, which mm-hmm. again makes him so badass. So there is a there is a moment where he faces the androids and like the rain is coming down and Android 17 so smugly says he's like this backdrop is so fitting for your demise or whatever. Just so <laughs> smuggy. And Future Gohan says one of my favorite lines of all time. And I, I'll say this in the shower. I'll say this while like doing my dishes, walking my dog, doing mundane shit. And I'll say this line. He's like, he says, even if you manage to kill this body, somebody else stronger will surface to take my place. <laughs> I'll just say that shit. And then at the end, at the That's end, he's, he just screams out. He's like, there is no end to me. No end. This thunderstorm is a perfect backdrop for your demise. There is no end for me. No end. But anyway, give me my weeb card back. <laughs> give it to me. I think I made my case. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah, man. You you're a true weeb, man. I don't I don't have to. I think I already I already am on the podium right there. I don't really have to. You know, I won't be out there like you guys though. I'm not like I watched the Naruto movie, but I'll be in the corner. I'm not gonna scream mm-hmm. and yodel and all that crap like all the other people did when I watched it. I'm not that kind of person. I keep it to myself. Like yeah. everything in the closet, I keep it to my damn self. Nobody need to know. I keep quiet about it. <laughs> if I see someone that I know is a friend, and we'll talk about it, but I'm not going to be like, oh, man, I love me some, uh, God, some Kingdom Hearts. Too. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I ain't going to say it out loud. Don't no. catch me doing that. <laughs> I reserve my wee moments for just me. And the turtle. <laughs> That's what yeah, I'll right, put it. Right, right. Dude, I thought you were going to say something with a turtle reminding you of uh, a Ro- of Roshi, man. Roshi? Yeah. yeah the, the little turtle. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the dude has a turtle show on his back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So that was uh, my little weeb uh, soapbox moment. And now we'll uh, we'll talk about something a little more serious. So I think we alluded to it maybe even two podcasts ago. I know for sure last podcast. So I have my new a job that's starting next week and it's a travel position so there's uh probably going to be some changes with this podcast uh i'm proposing this and this really mostly has to do with the people listening on youtube or watching on youtube and are are watching the b-roll and all that so if you're listening on audio platforms so that's spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, pandora podbean all those this shouldn't mean anything to you. It shouldn't change because you get the show the way it's supposed to be. It's just an audio show. On YouTube, I am interested in experimenting with a change of format after I get some feedback. So because of the fact that I don't really know how my schedule will work out, I won't. I probably won't be able to cram as much editing time within like the weekend days the way I do now where we record on Saturdays and I am able to turn the podcast because I dedicate all of Sunday for editing. So what I'm thinking of doing is for YouTube is segmenting the show 
So instead of just uploading the full podcast on YouTube is, for example, if we record on Saturday, I will have the news segments, depending on how much we have, right? It'll, it'll vary, but those will be out probably on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then the topic of the week will follow either on a Wednesday or a Thursday, again, depending how busy the news week is. And then to wrap up the week, it'll be listener questions either on Friday or Saturday. So all those will be segmented and they'll have B-roll and actually be like real videos. But the podcast will still remain out on Sunday or rather on Monday for audio listeners. So if you want the full show, you can listen on audio the same day. But if you're one of the YouTube people that, you know, watches the, the podcast or whatever, yeah, I would really appreciate it if you guys let me know because it will help the show move forward, especially when my crazy new schedule and all that. So good. So that's out of the way. Oh, by the way, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. Uh, no podcast next week because I don't know what's going to happen with my schedule. Everything is still up in the air. So uh, we'll skip next week's podcast just so I can kind of get acclimated. I know what my schedule will look like moving forward. And then we'll come back for now. I know for sure it'll probably be best to skip at least one episode to kind of figure things out. So this episode is packed with a bunch of stuff. Hopefully you'll be able to listen to this for about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So Nightclub Plus is currently out on Steam and it's free to play. So shout outs to Sergeant Spancakes in the Discord for showing this to us. It's a platform fighter featuring free movement and traditional fighting elements. It kind of reminds me of that game you really like, which I am whiffing the name on right now. Uh, Rivals of Aether? Correct, yes. Yeah, that's the best platform fighter to date right now, man. Everything else is... Except the neck, it's you, you know, the guy that made the game worked on the KI netcode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But sadly, it was funny when he was like, man, I wish somebody would fix the netcode in my game. <laughs> 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 sadly, they didn't. But oh, yeah, that nightclub game looked pretty clean, man. I like it. Like pixel type of stuff. It was cool. Yeah, free to play. Why not? Yeah. Nice, nice. So, yeah, so if you're on Steam and you like platform fighters, uh, that's one to probably check out. I mean, if you don't want to play Brawlhalla. Check out Nightclub Plus. Okay, now we can move on to Hollywood Question of the Week, and this one comes by Sally99. Is that how you say that? Sally? Yeah, I think so. Sal-he? Sal-he? Sal-he99 <laughs> on YouTube asks, Do you have any thoughts on Mugen mods? CX Kyo Level 2 and Shoto Clown are knee slappers. I looked up uh, CX Kyo Level 2, and it's Kyo, and all he does is take... Like he'll just, he has a phone and he'll take pictures on his phone, like selfies and like stupid shit like that. Mm. And uh, he's ridiculous looking in those, in those mods, but he does a ton of damage too. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. That's funny, man. Yeah. Those are, those are funny. Okay. This is technically a news item, but I put it in podcast corrections. Remember when we got that teaser for the Tekken 7 trailer lady? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, by the way, this is a correction to a correction. I said she was the prime minister. A lot of people was like, no, no, no. She's the assistant to the prime minister. You got it wrong. Well, check the tapes, my friends, because I was right. <laughs> so in a kit sent to the gaming press, Bandai Namco revealed the name of the new upcoming character to Tekken 7, the Polish prime minister Lydia Sobieska. I hope I didn't butcher that too much. The kit included a letter addressed by, or rather addressed to Lydia by Heihachi Mishima, which is filled with some neat lore details. And I, I added the letter to the no show notes just because it's kind of cool. So the letter reads like this. Dear Miss Prime Minister, 
I do not intend to follow your request for the withdrawal of the Tekken Force deployment in Poland. However, I hold you in high regard on account of your ascension to the post of Prime Minister at such a young age. I have no doubt you will play a prominent role in shaping the future of your country. If you are of the mind to cooperate with my ambitions, you will have the strong support of the Mishima Zaibatsu for your country and all of the endeavors related to politics, economics, and military affairs. If you refuse this offer, I am sure you understand the perilous situation in which it would place your country. If you have any objections, you could always enter the King of Iron Fist tournament and propose them directly to me. I look forward to carefully considered reply, CEO of Mishima Zaibatsu, Heihachi Mishima. That is something he would say, for sure. Yeah, for real. That's something that should definitely be in the game. You know what I'm saying? She gets like a letter, and then it's like, oh, she reads the letter, and it's like, Heihachi. It's like, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, threatening the, the good people of Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Lydia Sobieska is planned to join Tekken 7 later in the spring of 2021, so soon TM. Hey, ladies and gents, quick correction here by post-edit Mac. So as I was editing the podcast on Sunday, we got some news about Lydia Sobieska. We got her full character trailer, as well as her release date. So she will be out officially on March 23rd, 2021. So as of the recording of this podcast, you only have to wait one day to play Lydia. Anyway... Back to the show. Okay, now we can get to the real news. And again, I'm sorry, I'm kind of rushing through these, but we have uh, a pretty busy second half of the show. So I'm trying to run through the new segments. I kind of missed this in the beginning of the week, even though the Discord talked about it. I don't know where I was. My head was in the clouds talking to turtles. This has to do with Samurai Showdown. So possible Samurai Showdown leaks. On March 16, 2021, Twitter user at lean underscore buscaglia underscore revealed that according to a data mine post the season three launch of Samurai Showdown, the new file name extensions have been added that may indicate the future characters of the season three pass. The acronyms shown in the file extensions are CHM being Cham Cham, HBK being Hibiki, BIK being Baiken, and lastly AMA being Amakusa. The potential leak has a high probability of being true and the game has confirmed the Last Blades Takane Hibiki, as well as the Guilty Gear Cross Samurai Showdown collaboration, which would lead to the Biken assumption. Lastly, Amakusa is the original boss character for Samurai Showdown, who became a reoccurring fighter later in the series. Mm. It kind of seems like this data mine would be truthful, according to the other acronyms that are in the uh, the data, because all those other acronyms are characters that are already in the game. So Biken. Remember when Broken MI and I talked about how it could be Biken, it could maybe be Naguriyuki? No, it was Biken. That makes sense, yeah. I thought it, I thought it would be Biken. It makes no sense, probably. The waifu always prevails. Nothing's kept a secret anymore, though, these, these days. Everything's a data mine. Yeah, man. I, kind of whack, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> used to be really fun to be like, ooh, like a silhouette of a character. You don't know. I wonder who's going to be, and everybody's having fun trying to figure it out. Now it's like, nah, I figured it out for you. And it's like, oh, really takes away the fun. Yeah. And I wonder how Biking will look. She'll probably be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it probably look real dope in the uh, 3D kind of Sam mm-hmm. show they got going. She'll, she'll fit the, the Sam show art style pretty well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, my friend. Every week we talk about this game, and this one is no different. Happy belated birthday, Mr. Bogards. A little surprising that they didn't do it on his birthday, but two days late. So 
On March 17th, 2021, SNK released its weekly King of Fighters 15 trailer, and to no one's surprise, it was the Fatal Fury lead man, Terry Bogart. Terry is shown to be buff as ever, as he demonstrated all of his legacy moves, as well as signature, special, and super moves. Alongside Terry, the game debuted yet another stage, this time the Southtown Sound Beach. The inclusion of Terry now marks the completion of the traditional Team Fatal Fury as he joins Andy Bogard and Joe Higashi on their mission. At the end of the trailer, there was also extended gameplay footage showing Terry going at it against his two teammates, further showcasing real-time match animations and pacing. However, we did not see any real max mode combos, as it was predominantly footsies, jump-ins, and various confirms. So I have a couple notes here. We can go uh, go one by one on them so uh first of all if we're grading these trailers i forgot what i gave yuri last week i gave her a pretty low grade hater <laughs> <laughs> go ahead but with with terry i'm giving this a, a b plus i thought it was pretty good i like the stage a lot uh overall b plus i don't want to give him an a but i ain't gonna front man terry's arms though my man hitting the gym hard <laughs> he's huge i was like yo i was like i need to get that big so i can do a terry cosplay <laughs> get me like some long blonde hair the hat yeah man i'm definitely getting the hat though i was like yo i'm a believer after that i was like yo this dude it's like yo either he ate a lot of steroids or he just really kept putting it in <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh yeah no I, i'll give it I give it the same as B plus. Yeah, B actually just a flat, flat B, but yeah. I know there's definitely still some in general issues with like, mm-hmm. I guess it's the effects, man. I, I think that's one of the weird things, like the effects. You ever seen the game Mighty Number no. 9? I have, yeah. Yeah, the, the effects kind of remind me of it. <laughs> yeah. It looked like pizza pepperoni effects flying all over the <laughs> stage, man. Weird, yeah. but I feel like they're all, they're getting there. Yeah, they're they're getting better each and every week and yeah but the effects do need work i actually put this here in the cons i guess we'll we'll do the the pros first so yeah uh, my, my pros were that i thought the stage looks great it's mm-hmm. colorful it had better ba- background animations I remember when i said about the people in the background of yuri's trailer they kind of look funky yeah. um, this one was improved not by a whole lot but definitely improved the soundtrack was good you know it was bright happy sounding soundtrack so that was cool um also i like the fact that the shark did you see the shark in the bait shop in the background like the shark logo it moves like oh it's word? actually animated yeah it's kind of oh, sick yeah, I noticed that. yeah that's cool. <laughs> and then terry his model himself i thought he looked good uh he isn't the best looking character in the game in my opinion but he's definitely on par with the overall art style and visual aesthetic of the game mm-hmm. so I was I was pretty happy about all that. And I do like the fact that we got gameplay afterwards. Like I I do mm-hmm. the pace, man. Yo, so some of y'all was saying that in the Discord, they were saying that the pace was like grand blue. I was like, no. That's jam way. hating. That was jam hating. Don't listen yeah, to You them. guys are hating, right? Right. Hate haters right there. Dude, yo, there is a distinct difference with KOF in general because even though it's like a footsie based game, it's not like Street Fighter. People dash. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not step dashing isn't too much of a thing. Um, you can roll too. Yeah, you could roll. You could you could short hop, which negates a lot of like you could do more pressure. You have so mm-hmm. many ways around just a very it's not so linear in KOF. And I think that's what makes the pace really good. And the fact that like just seeing the gameplay, man, I mean, if these are beginner players like playing the game, yo, they still making the game look pretty damn fast. So like I think that the pace of the game is I love that kind of pace, man. Like, yeah. I like me some slow stuff, but you know, that's the pace that feels right. Mm-hmm. As far as the gameplay, I I agree with you. I, I mm-hmm. like the fact that we got an actual 
instead of just you know weird cuts of showing parts of gameplay we actually saw the whole thing unfold yeah and seeing team phil fury go at it was kind of neat a couple of the cons though did come for me from the gameplay also i guess they are included in terry's actual trailer but like you said certain animations are weird um and they're Mm -hmm. not they don't look finished one of terry's was his buster wolf the large hit spark uh, yeah. it didn't look good like and i have i've been pretty nice with how i've treated them so far with as far as like the effects and the hit sparks and all that yeah. i don't really like it one thing i do like though is the fact like when you hit somebody the hit sparks are orange and when they're blocking it's green so that's kind of ah, yeah, yeah. i like they usually do that nowadays because it really helps the uh, what you're looking at but mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good yeah but the one thing that really didn't look good is uh, joe's cyclone on the hurricane upper oh that's, yeah that didn't look good. The way it dissipated like that. Yeah. So, like, some we watching it, and like, and you know, see, this is where I knew it would happen when we're finally seeing the gameplay, where a lot of the things, like normal gameplay, a lot of the issues we had would become more visual and even more jarring. Because yeah, more looking parents. at the gameplay now, it's so it's so hard not to see it. Like when like this dude does power dunk, the way the game, you could see that it has like it's almost like shapes in a way. It's like just triangles going on, <laughs> like not like really smooth and, and and really nicely looking down. It looked like a bunch of shapes. And looking at Joe's Hurricane too, it's like, man, what kind of dollar discount ass like <laughs> effect is that? Looking like I could have I could have made something more cooler looking on MS Paint. And hey, well, but let me not drop on MS Paint like that. I seen some people do some amazing <laughs> stuff. On. Oh hey, yeah, it look, it looks really like just crappy, man. Like straight up, it looks like. It looks cheap, but not in a cheap in a oh, it's inexpensive, but cheap in a bad generic mm. looking it's too graphic crap right there. I know. It hurts my heart too, because I love Joe. I play him. And th- yeah. yeah, that that hurricane upper did not look good. And the game is full of it too. So like that's that's the thing. Those sparks are like everywhere. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm looking at it again. That looked like he just throwing pizza sauce at something. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna call that joint the marinara. <laughs> The marinara, the marinado, <laughs> the upper marinado. It is, it is really like uh, just kind of flimsy looking when he tosses yeah. it out there. That one especially because Hurricane Upper was always such a violent skill. Like mm-hmm. if you if you uh, watch all of Joe's evolutions when he throws yeah. Hurricane Upper, he always throws it with a lot of power, and he always yells like Hurricane Upper, and it's always yeah. like very. It's a it's a very violent move, and this one is just like hurricane upper, and then it just kind of comes out. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with my pizza sauce. <laughs> they gotta fix that. Yeah, that. Yeah, dude, it looks really whack, man. You're right. Yeah. Okay, now I did something here a little different than normal weeks. I did some math, Pringle. Maybe you'll appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Predicting the targeted release window of KOF 15 using kof 14 so check this out the king of fighters 14 initially released with 50 total characters it was 16 teams of three with two single entries the king of fighters 15 currently has 13 characters three completed teams that being fatal fury sacred treasures and hero and then four characters without a confirmed team yet those being my yuri leona and k-dash my leona and k-dash have not have official trailers yet but they've, we've seen them in the either the early trailer or in somebody else's trailer. So that means if we're going off of King of Fighters 14's template, we're 37 weeks away with regards to weekly character trailers from Terry's trailer date, which was on March 17th, 2021. So that means 
If the King of Fighters 15 is planning to have 50 characters at launch, the final trailer will come on December 1st, 2021, and then the assumed release date would be sometime later this month if they are genuine with their promise of launching this year. So I have a yay or nay here. Two questions. Mm. One, KOF 15 will have 50 characters at launch. Yay or nay? Mm. How much did 14 have? 50. 50. Yay, probably. Yay. Y'all go yay. Dude, that's what I like about KOF 15, man. Everybody's got a character. (laughs) God damn, let's go, man. Everybody, not no, yeah, you get eight characters, but everybody else, season pass DLC, that'll be $60 extra. God damn, for four characters? That's what they're doing. That's what it feel like <laughs> nickel and dime in your ass, man. Mm-hmm. When then you rap, you know it's the, it's the community that's keeping your ass afloat. <laughs> yep. So you're saying yay on 50. Yeah. Okay, yay or nay, KOF 15 will honor its 2021 release year promise. Mm, yay nay <laughs> i don't know man that's a hard one because like delays and stuff like that i feel like it's just been happening so much more common than i feel like it's been in a while where like everything might just get pushed that back more maybe i hope it comes out 2021 that'd be sick but like i hope it looks a lot better may hope at least the particle effects man that's all they gotta work i'm tired of looking at these particles They're looking mm. like Water splashes and, and pizza sauce and all that. And I'm like, man, what is this? <laughs> if there's anything SNK always delivers, it's in the gameplay. So mm-hmm. everything else can be booty butt cheeks, but the gameplay will always be there. That's one thing they're good at, man. Yep, that's the heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, final news item of this week. And this one, we have a lot more to dissect here because it's uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. So I don't mind if we spend more time on this thing before we get to the topic of the week. So this one is Evolution's future in the hands of Sony. So if anybody has been living under a rock and you have not been on Twitter or social media, then you should know that uh, on March 18th, 2021, Tony and Tom Cannon released a statement regarding the largest fighting game tournament in the world, Evolution, on the official Twitter page of the tournament. The statement reads such, A message to the community. Evo would not be possible without the collective passion and collaboration of the fighting game community and we're deeply grateful for your dedication over the past 25 years. We know last year was challenging due to the pandemic and the circumstances surrounding the cancellation of EVO Online involving a former team member who have been completely separated from our company. We want to reaffirm that harassment or abuse of any kind has no place within EVO or any of our future events, and we're taking every precaution to make sure members of our community will always be treated with the respect, dignity, and decency you deserve. In order to deliver on the trust you have all put in EVO, we realize that we need an experienced strategic partner who truly respects the spirit of the FGC. This is why we're excited to announce that EVO has become part of the joint partnership of Sony Interactive Entertainment and RTS. The new partnership is committed to bringing amazing tournaments and competitive gaming experiences back to you this year and beyond. We're thrilled to work with the teams at PlayStation and RTS to bring you EVO 2021 online this August. More information on this event will follow. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your continued support, Tony and Tom Cannon. Now, I have some notes here, but before I get to my notes, there's one question that I put down here that I kind of wanted to ask you. Mm. When you first got this news, when you read the headline, Sony buys EVO, was your reaction like, oh, good, or was this like, oh, Yo, so what my reaction was is that I saw it and I was like, damn, that's a lot to read. So I, 
Yo, I saw I just tried to get to the meat and potatoes of it, but I couldn't find it. So I was like, I don't really care. I don't know how to feel about it, to be honest, man. I don't know if Sony's gonna put their fingers so into it that it that they take away a lot of the what makes FGC fun, or they might not even do anything and they might just put money on it. You know what I'm saying? They might mm -hmm. just let it be its own thing and then put money on it. If Sony does that, then I mean there's no real problem. But it is kind of weird as to why they would have went with Sony because the whole idea of the FGC is that it doesn't really bank itself on those big companies and it's all like a community thing. So it might take away a lot of what makes the aspect of the community part pretty important. Like volunteer work might not be a thing. They might end up getting paid and that might be good in a way, but it really takes away the aspect of you do it for, you know, for the love of it, not so much for the paycheck. It may not change much, but there might be small changes here and there. But over time, small changes can be pretty big and apparent. It might be bad, but I don't know. I wonder why. Like I, My thought more so is why they would have reached out to Sony or if Sony reached out to them. I think they, I think that maybe Sony reached out to them in, in spite of all of the things that happened with that dude. Um, and then, or maybe they reached out to them because they're like, we want to see if we could take Evo to the next level. level. I will say this much, though. Evo... Evil sucks. So like, <laughs> so I mean, hey, it, it, it's great because everybody's there. But like, from what I've seen as a tournament, it'd be eh, maybe it'll be better because of Sony. But I don't know. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's it's a very hard call for me personally. I, I kind of agree with you. The reason why I asked that is because when I went online after this news broke, a lot of the initial reaction that I saw, everybody was just like, "Oh no, this is mm -hmm. not." does not bode well yeah. for the FGC. You just said Evo sucks. I kind of agree. I think Evo has definitely changed even mm -hmm. before, obviously, this purchase. Evo yeah. has changed from being more so like a grassroots tournament to just becoming a commercial tournament. Like it's a, yep, yep, yep. it's an event now. It's not so yeah. much a, a tournament. It's a I, I, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is one. You, you go there to shake hands and to rub elbows and all that. You don't, really go there for the the spectating or, or playing it's it's a little different it's it's more it's it's too grandiose to be just a fighting game tournament now the identity of that thing has become bigger than what it originally was so you can't really compare it to some of these other tournaments like scr or combo breaker or mm -hmm. frosty fastings right those are still very much fgc experiences whereas evo is like e3 man like it's just it's mm -hmm. so big yeah, man, you're right. I, I believe people even bring new games to showcase during Evo, so mm -hmm. it really does seem like a convention now. That's why I don't really like it, but yeah, what you're saying is pretty true. Like, I would go just because I know I'll meet a lot of people there, but I personally, that's not like my, it's almost like, so like in Strongman, there's two competitions, World Strongman and the Arnold's, and a lot of people say like the Arnold, it's more of the Strongman thing, while the World Strongman is more like the Evo type of thing. Mm. Yeah, so it, it, it's all like a lot of things have that kind of, yeah, everyone competes in it, but it's not like, it's not where the real savages go. You know what I'm saying? The savages, the dungeon dwellers live in, in Combo Breaker. That's what it, that's what they act. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think 2016, 2017 is when you really start started mm -hmm. seeing Evo kind of shift to being something else yeah, than what it yeah. was. And I also know a lot of people like Evo just for the fact that it's Vegas and you can kind of do things outside of it. That's so true. That's a Very big true. part of it. Like, because I was reading um, 
people talk about it, it's like, man, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't really like Evo, but man, I love gambling. <laughs> so <laughs> you got people, yeah, man, you got people that like to, because like, I want to go one time with my girlfriend, and it's like, I know for a fact you're going to be bored, so we'll probably do some other stuff while we're in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have a few notes here, and this is going to include all the moving parts that I mm -hmm. spoke about earlier. So RTS is the new venture from Endeavor's esports business. So that's who that is. The the terms of the acquisition were not disclosed due to quote unquote contractual commitments. So you mentioned earlier, you don't know who came to who. Was it the Canon brothers that came to Sony? Was it Sony that approached the Canons? We don't know. As far as EVO Online is concerned, so that's going to happen on August 6th to August 8th and August 13th and to August 15th. The announced games are Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, Street Fighter V Champion Edition, and Tekken 7. Tekken 7's only difference is that that one's going to be run on PC. Those other games are going to be run on PlayStation 4, and if they have crossplay, you can play on PC as well. So really, it's only Street Fighter V, I believe. Interesting that Tekken 7 is being run on PC, but the PlayStation 4 version of that game is definitely inferior, simply because yeah, it still yeah, has yeah. suffers from input lag. It's... A lot of people still play on Wi-Fi, so I understand why they're going with PC. It's a free entry for all games, so you just sign up and you get to play. The Evo site also included at the bottom, it specified that more games are going to be announced soon. So I'm assuming those four are main lineup. The games that are coming out after that is side tournaments. If that happens, though, man, I'm going to be kind of salty because, like, outside of Strive, I don't want to watch any of the other crap, man. It's probably going to be like <laughs> a mixed bag of... Neko bootiness, man. Like Mortal Kombat be good, but that game is so hard to watch because it's like so dark. It's like someone mm -hmm. just put blast the 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 brightness on their their TV and they just put it all the way down. And it, it's like so hard to watch that game, man. And it's gory as hell. Not too much of a fan of that. <laughs> and Street Fighter is just gross and Tekken is nasty too. So like <laughs> Guilty Gear, I'm about to just be watching Guilty Gear strive and enjoying that. And everything else is gonna be poop. It kind of salts me up too, though, that they didn't do it like they did. They didn't do the lineup they had last time, which was so much better. They had yeah. games that deserved it, like TFH was a wonder, right? And Skullgirls, those games mm -hmm. were good ass netcode. Killer Instinct. Yeah, man. But I hope that they're not just a side. Yeah, Ki. I hope they're not just a side game, but that might end up happening. Which makes it. Which honestly, if that's if 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 it's because Sony dipped into it or something, or they they're like the Cannon Brothers are looking for the numbers more so that like that actually kind of like ugh, makes it makes it look like a bad step in the wrong direction. It's great that you bring that up because that's actually one of my bottom notes here. So I I put a, a question here saying, do you believe this will change Evo's long-term identity, right, as a fighting game tournament? Mm -hmm. I think you just touched on it. How come the lineup is different compared to last year's? Where, mm -hmm. Remember last year's four games that was planned, TFH, Skullgirls, Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat, all rollback netcode games. Those mm -hmm. were going to be open tournament. They were going to have exhibitions for Tekken 7, Street Fighter, and a couple of other games that have delay-based netcode. I don't believe Dragon Ball Fighters because that one just could not run it. Oof. But the rollback games were going to get the, the stage and the platform last year. As far as like changes, I think we're already seeing them. How come these games are the ones... Why is Tekken there? Why? Mm -hmm. I understand Strive. The netcode is excellent. I understand Mortal Kombat 11. The netcode holds up. Street Fighter V Champion Edition, I don't understand. It wasn't there last year. Yep. Why is it this year? And what happened to Skullgirls, Killer Instinct, and TFH? Where did they go? 
and I I'd even ask pop for Power Rangers, man. God damn, because like, <laughs> man, I just don't like seeing that. That's like. It, it's like those are the number games, though, man. Let's be mm-hmm. real, man. Strive is going to have the numbers because it's going to be new if it drops by August. Uh, Mortal Kombat definitely got the numbers. Street Fighter Five, of course, got the numbers. Tekken got the numbers. So those are number games right there, man. They're popular. A lot of people play them. Scorpions, nah. TFH, nah. Power Rangers, nah. Ki, hell no. Nah. So like, it, it does make me feel like, are they trying to do like some sort of numbers games? Because even if it is a free entry, they're still going to somehow get. Some kind of revenue through ad revenue and stuff like that. So it's not like they're not they're they're getting nothing out of this. So if the more people tuning in, the more ad revenue they get. And that's been the response too. Like mm-hmm. people on Twitter, mostly from what I've seen, they've been saying that they believe this move will shape Evo as less grassroots than I mean, it's already la- lost a lot of its grassroots uh, mm-hmm. cores that it, that it had previously, but it'll lose its grassroots and become more corporate the longer yeah. it keeps running and under this new leadership. And just by looking at this lineup, in my opinion, we're already seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't know much that has changed from last year to this year to warrant Tekken 7 and Street Fighter Five being there compared to Killer Instinct or Skullgirls or TFH. So, Yo, so I don't really like it, but at the same time, for me personally... Evil already is its own thing, man. It's so much of its own thing. I feel like it almost, it's almost, as weird as this one is to say, it almost feels like it's so much of its own thing. It doesn't even represent the FGC anymore. Yeah. So it can do the way it want. Like, watch, Evo brought, man, they're going to drop with a side tournament of Overwatch or, or some RTS game or a MOBA sooner or later. And it's like, well, I mean, hey, who knows? <laughs> well, you know, you're kind of jokingly saying that, but I did see that notion already. People are saying that other games like RTS or like mm-hmm. you know, first-person shooters or whatever else, they could see if they maybe could get with Sony to latch on to the Evo brand just to get mm-hmm. the platform and the stage, and it'll become less more so of like a fighting game dedicated tournament, and it'll become a competitive game tournament, and fighting yeah, games right. will just take part instead of take over. Which um, I I could see a future like that under this new leadership. I could see Sony initially saying, "Oh, this is a fighting game event," and eventually saying, "Well, we want to be extremely inclusive in the family of PlayStation. Let's have whatever Rocket League, yeah. you know, dude." And they'll be like, "I mean, they'll you know the trick too is that they might not do a big sweeping change. They'll just be like, yeah, you could play our Rocket League side tournament. It's only got like you know eighty players." And then mm. next year, it's only got like 300 players. And the next year, it's a big game. And you're like, wait a it's minute. It's Sunday. got 10 <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. It's got 10,000 players. So this this definitely could be a big change. Now, I want to read uh, Sony's statement on this acquisition. So they say, our collective team is laser focused on one mission, preserving the authenticity of Evo for the fighting game community and finding creative ways alongside our fans to grow the tournament and make its events and broadcasts more fun, engaging, and accessible than ever. At its core, EVO will remain what it has always been, an open format competition that gives fighting game fans from different countries a chance to connect, test their skills, and forge new friendships. Sony also added that the Cannon Brothers will remain closely involved in an advisory role. We just spoke about it, right? So just that first line, this is why PR speak is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. They said finding creative ways alongside our fans to grow. Mm-hmm. And they use the word I hate the most, 
accessible. What do the creative ways mean? Like, does that mean Overwatch? Yeah, for <laughs> real. The, you fight in it technically, right? <laughs> Shoot people. I mean, hey, it's a fighting game. That, that's yeah. the thing too, though, because like they might really be willing to change a lot of those things. It's like in reality, to preserve it is just keeping fighting games there and having a stage for us to scream and go wild at. Mm-hmm. That's all we really want, right? All the, and like tossing a couple rocket leagues on the side ain't gonna hurt it, right? No. So, <laughs> so that's all it takes, man. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Now, at the end, they said that the cannons will remain closely involved in an advisor role. What does that mean? The cannons could be like, hey, maybe we shouldn't put rocket league in the turn. Be like, all right, thank you for the input. Now go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, for and it's like a big thing too, though, is that like since we I don't really base much of their stuff by the words, I base it off their actions. So like they could have done all of this and they couldn't have said anything and started doing things that made it better, and that would have been so much better than it's PR speak, but you know, they gotta make face. So like, yeah, that's true. Cannon brothers could be like, nah, I don't really like that. And they could be like, Oh yeah, well, suck a dick. And then they just yeah. <laughs> they could do that to them too, man. Yeah. Shouldn't you be working on project uh, what are you doing over here? <laughs> yeah, for real. Go away, man. That they right needs your asses, not us. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think they had to make this public, obviously, because if mm-hmm. in 2022 people show up to Evo, they see all these Sony banners. They're like, "What? What's mm-hmm. going on here?" They gotta, so, yeah, they gotta make face, man. Yeah. Um, additionally, to the questions that came shortly after this announcement regarding if Evo, and you'll love this, if Evo mm-hmm. will move on with PlayStation as the sole platform for the tournament, Mark Julio, Markman, longtime 10.0 production staff and Evo biz dev had this to say on Twitter, Evo is still open to all platforms. The teams at PlayStation and RTS are enabling us to continue working with our community to support fighting games. The statement was obviously important, right? Because a lot of people were saying, hey, games like Killer Instinct, Super Smash Brothers are non-Sony console exclusives. Mm -hmm. They belong to Microsoft and Nintendo. While Microsoft has yet to make an official statement on this acquisition, Nintendo's statement on the matter is this. Nintendo has enjoyed engaging with fans at past Evo tournaments and wishes the show organizers the best with their new venture. We will continue to assess Evo and other opportunities as we plan for future online and offline Super Smash Bros. tournament activity. Oh, man. Hey, again, squat, man. It's like, nah, we don't really like Sony like that, man. So we'll just do our own tournaments that won't pay mm. for nothing. We're going to give y'all happy meals. Happy meals for the 10,000-man tournament, man. Oh, dude, that kind of sucks, though. I, I did hear about that with the uh, Smash Bros. I didn't really see. This is me not paying attention to it because I just read a little bit of it. But a lot of people were like, no, Smash Bros. And a part of me was like, yes. No Smash <laughs> <laughs> I like under but your breath. Not, yeah, man. I was like, yeah, man. Uh, but it's not fair. I don't feel like that should happen to them. But Smash Bros. players really don't need evil at all. Like they have, no. they have this thing called Genesis. And it's like so much ten times better, and it's legit for the player. It's mm-hmm. it, it, they they Genesis runs Super Super Smash Bros. sixty four, the freaking Brawl Melee, the new one, the last one. They run all the all the Smash games up in there, man, and they'll be fine without it. But I know they do like it because hey, everybody like going to Vegas too. You know what I'm saying? Like some of them might bring it brings some interest towards the FGC too. So in a way, we're not so much of a tunnel vision. It really does suck. And I feel like the fact that Nintendo said we'll continue to assess Evo makes it makes it sound like they ain't going to really mess with it, man. <laughs> no, they're not assessing shit. They're like, this yeah, is Yeah, man. You said, you know, Smash doesn't need Evo. I think you're correct. They don't mm-hmm. need Evo. But it doesn't mean they shouldn't have it. Exactly. They're, yeah, man. 
there's two different things here. So if this was on Smash and Smash was making the decision to be like, we don't want to participate in EVO anymore. We have our own dedicated tournaments. We don't have to wait for other fighting games to complete in order to play ours. We just want to focus on Smash. That would have been fine. Yeah, I would have respected that. At this point, you're kind of taking it out of their hands and say what you want about Smash. Like, listen, I don't like Smash. I don't watch it. I don't play it. But there's no doubt that it being at Evo does help Evo because mm-hmm. yeah, it man, brings definitely. a lot of people. Might not cross-pollinate a lot through other fighting games, but it does bring a lot of people yeah. to watch Evo. That's good for the tournament itself. I don't see Nintendo playing ball. They've never really shown a reason to do. I don't know when the last time Nintendo has really played ball with another first party publisher. They've yeah, played man. ball with like, you know, Bandai Namco and Square Enix or whatever, like people who are third parties. But I don't think they're going to play ball with Microsoft or Sony. Microsoft doesn't seem to care about Killer Instinct at all. So why would they even make a statement? So they've been kind of quiet. Nintendo obviously owns the IP that is Smash Brothers. And it's a huge participant at Evo. They're not coming back. I can already tell just by the statement. They're not assessing anything. They're just going to be like, we'll make our own. Okay. But I think that the fact that, yeah, they did it, like, it wasn't on their own terms. They kind of got booted, it feels like, in a way. Um, and it kind of sucks because, like, even I have some friends that do play, because like, I have Smash friends, too. I have friends that play Smash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could, and I met, I met one of my, one of my greatest friends over there, one of my, one of the best friends I had over there. We play Smash a lot and stuff like that. But he was always open to trying other things compared mm-hmm. to, you know, a lot of other Smash players. But that was like, <laughs> that's still good because I think it did help bring those numbers in and it brings an interest. Of, it kind of puts like, because that's what's good about you in that sense. It takes us out of the dungeons. You know what I'm saying? I mm. like being in my dungeon, but it's good to get some sun every now and then. You know what I'm saying, man? The troll mm-hmm. got to get out of the bridge. <laughs> and like, that's what is nice about Evo being that ability to have uh, some sort of different, like, you know, cross pollinating with those people because you could end up meeting someone that sure you don't play the same games but you can meet someone great in that same regards too and it does hurt the numbers and i I, it really sucks too because nintendo really doesn't care man i feel like all they care about is money lately i yeah i agree and their nintendo has also been known to hold their own community back and this is another example Mm -hmm. of it because let's say sony is being truthful in the fact that they're willing to still work with first party published games like killer instinct and smash brothers in Mm -hmm. their tournament nintendo won't play ball i I think i see microsoft playing ball if they cared about their ip and killer instinct it doesn't seem like they do but if they did i do see them playing ball Mm -hmm. here this is a little different than what happened with melee melee i think was justified in its exit because listen it was over 20 years old it -hmm. did still have a lot of numbers but we have to move on and i know you still have genesis you can play melee and genesis you can play melee and, and whatever other tournaments big smash tournaments you have but let some of these newer games, the the new kids around the block, give mm-hmm. them a chance because yeah. you're you're really hijacking two spots there with a current Smash and then an older Smash. That one was justified to me. This one is not so much unjust, but it's just it, the fact that you took it out of the players' hands because they they still have all those numbers, but now they're not even able to to come participate because of the fact that their publisher is gonna is just is not gonna allow it, and it's unfortunate. But Nintendo has had a track record of doing this. But it's it's business. You know, the other part that's kind of funny is how do you how do you register for evolution? You go to smash.gg, which is owned by Microsoft. 
and then <laughs> evolution is owned by sony <laughs> right? yeah exactly you're right dude they just don't want to come together man that's what mm -hmm. it is it's all the console wars for some whatever reason when we could have we could have games 10 times better if they all just freaking came together man and just did what steam does but no they don't want to do that we got to keep money. exclusive yeah man uh do you see other tournaments getting bought out by publishers similar to this one or do you think this is just because it's evo you don't think like ceo or combo breaker or scr dreamhack all those you don't think they'll get bought out it can happen man let's be honest if if uh if sony brings out a really good plate of food they might everyone else might want to bite into it so like they might be like mm, that's not a bad idea i should do the same thing but in the case so much more of like i guess like ceo and combo breaker i feel like those are smaller ventures of a smaller team and it's like they want to kind of keep it that way. But there is also what I understand is the uh, like the fact that they're going to grow each year. They've mm -hmm. they've grown significantly each year. So I would not be surprised if they like they just give the their venture out to somebody else. But money I think talks. Some of them, yeah, man, money talks, man. I mean, money can change everybody. I mean, like, hey, man, I don't like Smash Bros. But if I was getting paid 100 grand to shill it, I'd be shilling the hell of that game. You know what I'm saying? Man? I'm like, <laughs> right. yo, man, play Smash Bros. It's not bad. Suck my dick, everybody. It's great. <laughs> That'd be me, man. I don't care, man. I tell I tell people, though, man. But, like, part of it is just money does talk. And, like, I would not be surprised if somebody was willing to. I mean, the, if it the Cannon Brothers did it, <clears throat> well, who's to say nobody, anyone else wouldn't do something like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I thought these were, like, the guys that we would be like, yes, these are the guys. Anybody, Jabali might bite. Who knows? Uh, uh, Rick could bite too, man. Imagine if like, see, uh, Sony pops in and they're like, "Don't worry, man. We could basically make the tournament run at a bigger venue with half the amount of effort you had to put in with more money in the pot." You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm -hmm. but you got to kind of run it with our rules. And then it's like, well, those rules aren't that bad, and that's all it takes, man. It's literally all it takes. And you know, that's how it could be. It could be snakes selling oil, man. <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch out for those like corporate takeovers. Yeah, man. I hope that doesn't happen though, but I know for a fact Common Break has gotten significantly bigger. Mm -hmm. So, like, who knows what can happen, man? You know, it gets bigger and bigger each year, it gets harder and harder to deal with. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, GM on Patreon here is trolling me. He says, What will Mac do in the worst timeline that Epic buys Combo Breaker just because it can? Right. <laughs> That'd be awful. That'd be funny as hell, yo. Uh, one last note here before we move on to topic of the week. Uh, people were saying, how come Riot didn't buy Evo? Since the Cannon Brothers have such big ties to them, they can make Evo the league tournament. Mm. This is my opinion. And again, we'll talk about this more once we get more information on what Project L actually turns out to be. But I don't believe when Project L does come out, I don't believe it'll be a part of open entry tournaments like evo and combo breaker and all those i think it's going to have its own circuit you'll mm -hmm. still be able to play those games in open tournaments but they won't give you points for them for towards the tour and all that and i think you'll just be able to play them for fun but i think if you actually want to compete in those tournaments i think they're going to have their dedicated tournaments that are maybe not invite only maybe they'll still be open entry but they won't be a part of the grassroots fgc tournaments i think riot will do their own thing so that's why i don't think they they were really interested in buying Evo because then Evo is for everybody unless they were just going to completely change that and be like, no, Evo stands for Project L. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we can move on to fighting game topic of the week. And I call this fighting games from a different lens. I actually thought this was pretty interesting. So 
similar to how we did the Event Hubs episode podcast uh, review, we're going to do the same thing here with a different clip. We don't have as many clips as we had last time, but uh, I find that this is way more interesting of a discussion than roasting the Event Hubs podcast. So uh, after discussing some concept in the FGC Hollywood Discord regarding fighting game development and how it has struggled to balance having like appealing enough factors for newcomers, but still maintain enough depth for veterans, shout outs to Radix. He shared a clip that uh, got me really interested in wanting to explore this idea further. So the clip is of an extremely popular anime and Japanese pop culture podcast called Trash Taste. And it is hosted by three big anime YouTubers by the name of Joey, Connor, and Grant. Now, hopefully when I say this, uh, when we start going through these clips, I get these guys' names right. Because I don't really know too much about Trash Taste or the individuals. I knew of them, sort of, because they've been really, really popular. It's a huge podcast. But mm. uh, I don't know them personally like that. So hopefully I don't butcher the voices with the names. The, the clip is themed around... Connor's inability to dive into fighting games and I believe the title of it is like why fighting games are hard or something like that and Joey and Grant later give their opinions on fighting games as well I put here a note I personally found this short clip extremely valuable from the perspective that is outside of fighting games since the FGC often struggles to like really get into the mindset of a casual player of a newcomer that we don't really know how to approach these these topics because of the fact that we're so ingrained in it. Like I never have an answer to newcomers when they have certain questions because I think like a fighting game player. I don't think mm -hmm. like a casual. And having this perspective from people who are talking about fighting games who aren't in the FGC, I think is super, super valuable. And that's why I kind of focused on this and I wanted to, um, to talk about it on this week's podcast. So the first clip is of Connor describing his personal barrier to entry with fighting games and the reason behind why he doesn't want to spend time with them. So we can play clip number one now. It's probably like the one type of video game that I've just never enjoyed playing. Like, why is that? I have no, I think cause like the difficulty curve is insanely high. And I feel that like, I don't want to sit there and have to research combos because yeah. sure when I pull one off, I'm like, cool, that animation was fine, I guess, you know? I, I just don't feel like I care enough about like to learn these combos. Whereas in a game like, I don't know, like a first person shooter, it's so intuitive that like- Cause it's just one button. Yeah, it's literally just point and click, right? So you heard what he had to say there. He's saying that he doesn't want to put in the time to like learn on these combos cause he doesn't feel like he's getting a lot out of it, right? And when he compares it to like a first person shooter, it's it's more so intuitive because you're doing the same thing over and over again, but the action itself is very easy. It's it's easily digestible. You're just clicking a button and you're perfecting that skill. So a couple of my notes here is it seems like from his perspective, from like a, a casual sense is learning difficult combos is a barrier to entry, right? Like it's, it's daunting. It's a daunting task. He wants things to be simpler. That's why he brought up the example with a first person shooter. The action is very simple. And the other part that I threw out here is that we talk about this in the discord all the time. This is why, in my opinion, the way Persona 4 Arena and Undernight and Birth, the, the style in which they implement their auto combos is so important to me because mm. I think it achieves both things very well. It allows players like you and I to be able to use the auto combo starter to do more advanced things by canceling them whenever we want or by using them strategically to, to gain meter. 
and it allows other people who don't know how to do combos in fighting games to just have fun and just mash buttons and actually get something that makes sense instead of just mashing. So mm-hmm. I think those those auto combos in those games are so valuable for both sides, not just for one. So what what did you think of that clip of him explaining his barrier to entry at fighting games? Hey, you right about the research and combos, man. I don't like that either. I play these games. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, and right quick, I've seen these two. I know two of those dudes, actually. I've seen their YouTube channel a couple of times. So I do know of their existence. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're really big. Giga. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a weeb. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how, like, in a beat-em-up, like, you learn a combo and it has a me- it's a means to an end? Because, like, you learn a combo and it destroys the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. I think in fighting games, the problem with a combo is that it can be short and they can be long. You do a short combo on somebody, it don't really do anything. You know what I mean? You yeah. do a long combo on somebody, at the same time, that could take more damage, but it doesn't kill them. Right. But I think there is this kind of thing where it doesn't really, it's not like a means to an end type of thing. It's like, a me- it's almost like a means to a beginning with combos. Like combos mm-hmm. are part of it. But they're not the whole part. And to beat them up, a combo is all you really need. And then you could just kind of like keep beating them on the floor or whatever. And you're good to go, really. You don't need to re- learn anything else outside of that one or two things you, you figured out. And sure, you can like do variants around it, but it's not so much the case. In fighting games, combos are this big kind of aspect to it where it's not like you just do a combo and they fall down and they die. Like that's not what the opponent usually does. It's like you have to learn all of these little things with the combo to actually get something out of it. And then when you do get something out of it, you kind of have to figure out what you're supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. A lot of layers, right? Yeah, there's a lot of layers. Like I've thought of sometimes where I'm like, am I going to do the same combo over and over again? It seems kind of whack. If it's Grand Blue Fantasy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not as, as enjoyable too. Now I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to do the same combo because it's the only <laughs> one I know. But I would say when I was first playing, I wanted to learn all the different kinds of ways to do combos. Like I wanted to do all the combos, but I realized that it's not really fruitful. There's really not much point to it. But then in the, in that same sense, there's just, what am I going to do with a combo? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I got a combo. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. That's why combos I think are even harder to do and harder to understand because you don't know what you're supposed to do when you do them. You know what I'm saying? You do it. You, you got the damage. Do you do it again? Well, you can't hit them. So you can't do it again you don't know what a hit confirming and all this other crap is because i know when i first play a fighting game i can understand now where combos go but i still don't have that that thing like i feel like have you ever seen uh this dude desk his combo videos oh yeah he's really good i don't know how the hell he even thinks of that stuff period like i don't even know how you go about figuring any of that out i don't understand combos i can't i'm not good at under figuring them out at all but I know when a new fighting game drops, people figure out long-ass combos, TOD, all this stuff. I'm over here like, how the hell you figure that out? I barely know how to do my one-two step over here. I'm just <laughs> not getting off the one-two step. But they figure it all out. And the games, these games, fighting games aren't very intuitive to letting you figure that out. Some people are just really good at that. And then it's like, you know, exasperated because it's like Twitter so everybody can see it. But I don't do any of that stuff. The only way I can learn combos is by searching them up. I can make up combos, but I'm definitely nowhere good at any of that crap at all. Yeah, I'm a combo copycat. Like, I see somebody else do some cool shit, and I'm like, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> dude, like, in Skullgirls, man, yo, 90% of the stuff is from this dude named Cadenza that I that I played a lot and, and Wing Zero, and that's it. 
I didn't learn anything new. Maybe some Sonic Fox, maybe like one thing out of Sonic Fox. Dude, I didn't learn any, and nothing. I, I made some new stuff up, but it was literally under the basis of doing the stuff they did. There is no mm. way I was going to figure any of that stuff out. But I love how Persona 4 does it, where you can kind of, you have that, since the auto combos are there, you have the ability to kind of maybe see if you could figure it out. Yeah, combos... They are. They can be very daunting because of the mm-hmm. fact that they're they're unless you're playing something like Samurai Showdown or like yeah. Nidhogg or you know all these one touch games, Dive Kick, right? Yeah, you're you're gonna have to focus on combos because they're they are the meat and potatoes. They're everything that you need from the start and until the end. And it's daunting to a lot of people because you see all these fighting game players do these crazy combos, and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I'm up for that. I don't know if Dude. I can do all that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, man. Definitely. Because when when you when I first saw fighting games, you see them at the highest level. These dudes doing long ass combos. You're like, all right, man. I don't. You're already overwhelmed with the information you already saw because they watch Evo, right? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? They they watch Evo because that's where the biggest numbers and the biggest view count and all that stuff. That's the only that's like that's the and then Evo don't be streaming pools or nothing, and nobody be watching pools anyways. I love watching pools, but people don't be watching pools. So Mm -hmm. like. That's the only, like, these are some beginner tournament players and stuff like that, but that's not as exciting. But then it's like when you see the high-level players, you're just somebody and you're like, it's like people that get inspired after watching Daigo's Moment Evo 37. No one's doing that, man. There's like some third-strike players I've seen doing that crap, man. They probably got it from Daigo at this point. And it's like, it's too hard, man, like on the real. It's not very intuitive. And there's like literally, I don't know how people do it, man. I'm saying like the comparisons, first of all, yeah. people watch Evo and they're like, holy shit, that's really hard. Well, first of all, that mm-hmm. guy is getting paid by a sponsor to show yep. up at that event. It's because, can you imagine if I show up to a, like a, a professional hockey game and I see all these guys skating super fast and slap shots, one timers yeah, and all this. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I, there's no way I could play hockey after seeing all yeah, that. It's like, exactly. well, they are the best of the best mm-hmm. and you can't compare yourself. You better go watch like some regional hockey or something. <laughs> like yeah. go to like a skating rink. Like go to a local man. Yeah, it's you can't watch LeBron James dunk and be like, I can't play basketball anymore, man. <laughs> Dude, but that's but that's see that and that's I think that's a big part of it, the combos because in that in this sense in the same vein everybody can play basketball but not everybody can dunk. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody can dribble the ball but not everybody can dunk. In the case of fighting games, everyone should be able to kind of you could hold up, you could run, you could. Maybe press a button. Maybe you don't know how to do Hadoukens yet, but, you know, stuff like that. That's why it could be so hard. It's like it's it's like this big-ass split between uh, players where it's like you got your beginner players, you got your intermediates, and then literally after that you have top eight motherfuckers. And th- they bring that up in one of these clips. So I think mm-hmm. the second clip is the whole crew, they're discussing the differences between mm-hmm. like traditional fighting games and then Smash. So this is kind of funny. I think you'll like this one. Oh, I feel stuff. fighting games are easy to learn. No. Smash no. maybe? Yeah, Smash I think Smash is the is, one. Yeah. I really enjoy Smash. Smash yeah, yeah. is fun because I feel that it's just, I don't know, it's it's not like fucking Tekken where I have to worry about like the frames and the, yeah, the frame yeah, yeah, spacing yeah, exactly. and stuff. I don't want to I do know, I mean, like people in Smash worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. When you get but, to a high enough but level. You can, but Smash is a casual game. There, I said it. Um, <laughs> little shade there thrown at smash yeah, yeah right. <laughs> everybody get throw some shade over there even even weaves. casuals throw yeah. <laughs> casual weaves throwing shade at smash even though he said he really likes smash right like he uh-huh. enjoys it the perception that smash i mean smash alone right 
that they say that it's easier to get into, but like the deterrent for Tekken when he's like you know, comparing like oh Smash and Tekken is like frame data exists in both of those games right frame data is in Tekken and it's also in Smash but Tekken's history alone be it the game the commentary when you're watching tournaments the players the content creators everything around it put more of an emphasis on things like frame data so that's why it becomes more of its identity whereas Smash it's like hey let's play with friends on the couch more casual mm-hmm. atmosphere. But when you get to top level, there's frame data in Smash. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting the fact that like they're taking two games that are technically, they have the same tools, but their perception of them is so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, definitely. Yo, Smash really is a casual ass game, man. Like I like, I did, I did, I did, I did say before that I won my locals once, man. And mm-hmm. like, I just, and it just came from like Smash 4 stuff. So like I won the ultimate local. And I only I don't even have the game, man. So like it really is so much of an easier game because like I think what a big thing with Smash 2 is that there's not that big emphasis on combos, I'd even say. There are combos in, in Smash, but they're like all like they're kind of like fake combos in, in a sense. Nothing is true guaranteed. There's some guaranteed stuff in there, but it's not too much of an emphasis. So I do agree with what they're saying, though. It's pretty true, man. And it's and it's funny how like people are could like I know a lot of people that would have that got into Smash and like they like it for you know for fun and stuff like they play it casually. And then like I was the guy that played it competitively, and I've had people not want to play against me after. Oh, we will <laughs> like, get to that. Yeah, we will definitely yeah, get to that. <laughs> oh yeah, go ahead. This man. third clip is perfect for that. Right, so perfect. this is Grant speaking to the fact that fighting games are rarely party games like smash and how Mm. fighting game players always have a competitive edge to them which is the gatekeeping concept so let's take a look at clip number three the thing that's really hard about fighting games is that it's hardly ever a party game right right? because whenever you are at a party and people are playing fighting games there's always that guy or two guys (laughs) you you know you know who you are you 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 see people put on like smash or Tekken, and you're like because they never, they never leave that fucking couch. Yeah. Right? Like, they will never leave it. If they need to piss, they're not going. They won't. Yeah. They'll wait till they get home. Fighting like, games don't wait. Like this is what they've trained like their entire life for. Yeah. They're like, okay, let me let me let me smash the noobs. Let, yeah, yeah. Let, let me smash all the people at this party, and then sure. they need to find other people like them to like continue on this path that they've put themselves on. Yo, yo, my man said we're all just Ryu in the end. <laughs> yo, low key though, I be feeling like that. I'm like, I need to fight who's next. Who's the strongest motherfucker in the room? <laughs> we're, we're just Ryu, man. <laughs> the art of the battle. <laughs> A part of me, I do kind of agree with that one, man. But like, they they make it, it does sound like they like they throwing a lot of shade. Like we're like these people that we don't even get up and pee, man. I. I know for a fact we get up and pee. I had a dude said he was gonna go to the bathroom and he never came back when I asked him for sex. So we do pee, <laughs> He is right though. I remember I went to like this party, like well, it was a little get together, and um, I bodied everybody there, man. Everybody was getting to work, right? And they wanted to play Smash, and I really just go in there, like I play whatever they want. If they want to play with Pokeballs, yeah, man, let's play with some Pokeballs. But then like. The other, the other, my friend at the time was like, yo, man, you need to play prune. It's really good. Playing one versus one, man. And I'm like, all right, man. And then I started kind of beating everybody. And it's like, there was this dude that got so into it. And he, and he, I felt like the salt, man. And I was like, dude, I just came here to play. I mean, you guys put the rules on me. So it is, it's just that game that everybody can have fun and pick it up. But fighting games, I feel like fighting games are the same way. They can be the same way. It's just. For some reason, it doesn't have that same appeal as Smash because, you know, you'd be like, oh, look, Mario. Oh, look, Pikachu. 
all these motherfuckers, you know, everybody knows that. Everybody, who doesn't know Pikachu, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, look, who the hell's that black chick with the, I guess, dreads? Master Raven. <laughs> it took me such a long time to figure out the names in Tekken, bruh. <laughs> right. So I know, okay, so one, I think there's a place in time. If I'm going to a casual party and they're playing Tekken, first of all, I think I will assess the room and be like, let me see how much FTC is in here. If it's all casual, I ain't gonna <laughs> I ain't gonna jet up for them on punish minus thirteen stuff. Like, come on, like I ain't doing that. Yo, I will. See <laughs> I though. I body kids, man. I don't care. Yo, my man, you said you're real. That's real, right? You're like, mm. you 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 get like the, the camera pans in on your eyes and you do like a scan, you look left to right. You're like, who is of my level? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's okay so i guess we're both on two opposite things like i'll i will go hard if i see other fgc people are there i was like all right let's compete right yeah but if it's casual people there's no i have nothing to really accomplish to to, by beating them because i know i can beat them so there's not why even put in the effort because then i i don't want to ruin anybody's you know good time because you know how people will get they get in their feelings when they lose and I'm the exact opposite. But like, so I assess when I play somebody, but I usually I just don't let them try to beat me. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like yo, they're going to leave this. They're going to be, they're going to, because like, okay, so I've had it another time where there was this, it was a convention and I was helping, uh, I did a little bit of TO help and stuff like that. And I helped up, I helped the TOs and stuff. And it was like this thing called MiyakuCon. And it was people coming in and they're like, oh yeah, Smash Bros. Like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. We can play, man. And you know, I just kept whipping them, man. And I just, I can't not do it like that. It's just not going to, I'm not going to let you win for you to have fun. Like I'm, I, I cannot, I'm not that dude, man. Like I just don't like doing that because like in any circumstance, no man, any, not, not one circumstance, unless I'm teaching them, then it's completely different. But if they're just a random person, they going to get it. I, I don't, I don't take do it. I body kids, man. I remember I was watching this <laughs> man, brutal local <laughs> I, I told you i'm trying to be a savage i was watching a local and like this dude let the kid win in the in the bracket and i was like and in my head i was like what's wrong with you you don't let that kid win in bracket he's like he's like it's a little kid I'm never dead. wait the whole game or like a round oh, the, the whole game oh man. that's too much that's too much <laughs> see i keep my principles through and throughout, man. I don't change for nothing. I'm okay for a charity round if it's like a little kid. Yeah. Nah. I'll buy the kid. <laughs> God damn. But like, if it's like sometimes, if it's like someone that really doesn't know, I don't have to like, dest- I won't like just destroy them, destroy them. I know I will beat them, but I will have it so that they have fun. Yeah. Pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to like, because like, so in Smash, you have that ability to do that. But if we're playing Skullgirls, I'm giving you Skullgirls love, man. It. it I ain't gonna have it no other way. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow you up and you're gonna feel the love I'm giving you. Okay. <laughs> but if we're playing things like Smash, you don't have to really do that. You can actually like you could pull back. Yeah, I so like I'm in the middle of like I used to think that way, to be honest with you. I used to think tough love in every single situation. Yeah. But I don't think that way anymore because now I I'm I'm personally like I'm confident enough that I can beat anybody if they have not played fighting games like just fundamentals alone and i don't really need have the need to prove it every single time that's why for example like when you and i play or anybody else and i play in in the discord i don't give charity games like you and i played tfh the other day right 
Uh, every every game you won, you earned. I didn't give you a single charity game. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't have any either way. <laughs> so if it's FGC against FGC, that's how I treat it. We're competing, right? We're just playing. Um, I'm, I want to win. But if I'm in a situation where, like, I know a lot of people have not put in, I have I have 1,200 hours in Tekken 7. I'm not going to show all those 1,200 hour skills in Tekken 7 <laughs> against somebody who's just played it today. Like, that's just unfair. So oh, I'll still probably win, but I'm not going to, like, just completely destroy them with all of my knowledge. I'll probably give a charity round or two just to kind of keep the atmosphere a little lighter so people don't get super crazy. But I understand both ways. Like, I understand the tough love and the FGC, but like, hey, earn your spot. I mean, I'm okay with that too. Um, I've just personally have stopped doing it as much. Um, I feel it. It, it, it could be the, the guy in the room that's like, oh, this guy's such a dick, man. He's just biting me. But personally, I like, I pick, I can say it also depends on which game I play. Like, cause I can play like something I don't even know much of and I could beat them at that. But then it's you know what's still- really cool though? When the guy's being a dick and he's smashing all your casual friends and you're the FTC guy's like, all right, let's play. <laughs> that motherfucking love. He's getting the girl's love if I catch his ass. It's like, oh, okay. I will say the the FTC definitely has a history of gatekeeping. We've just discussed it, obviously, right? Like we've done I've done it, you've done it. It's just something that's kind of ingrained with us. I think it's arcade culture. I think it's going away a little bit now because we don't have to fight for spots. Mm-hmm. You just play something else and you ain't gotta pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just go online. It's all free, right? Like you don't have to put your quarters in. So I think the tough love is going away a little bit because you're not playing for money um, every single time you're out there. But uh, I understand the gatekeeping. It's definitely been something that's been apparent in the FGC. So this is not what they were talking about in those parties. Like that's not a misconception. That does happen. Listen, we do go pee. I mean, come on, don't exaggerate. But no. <laughs> we do body fools. <laughs> right quick though, I will also say that Usually what happens whenever I play someone that doesn't know, I ask them if they want to learn. Hmm. I can teach you how to play so that when you you probably have more fun the next time you actually play because you'll learn something from me. Yeah, that's a great approach too. Instead of just saying, you know, stay bodied, be like, hey, yeah, I'm not that, man. I, I actually say, hey man, great games, pleasure playing. And hey, if you want to know how to play, I could usually that's how I end it with because I'm gonna. I'm going to body them. And then it's going to be like, yo, you, I could teach you some of this dope stuff so that you could take it to somebody else and then you could body them. And then it kind of, you know, and then maybe from like learning from me, you'll want to teach somebody else and somebody else. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how it should be. Okay. So we have the, uh, the fourth clip coming up. This one is of Grant talking about the difficulty curve that fighting games present and the difference between a casual and a beginner. This one is really interesting. So take a listen to this one. I enjoy watching fighting games more yeah. than I, I enjoy playing them yeah, because yeah. you get you, you get to a point where you're just smashing buttons and you're like I kind of get it and then you go online or something and then you just get destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. There is there is like the difficulty curve as you said is just casual but to be, a, be the difference between a beginner and a casual is like so fucking massive. Oh it's huge. You know because you you, you go from button mashing to having to learn like basic theory of fighting games or basic combos and the difference between and that- like counting frames and yeah, shit. And can, yeah, and, and like difference, like, yeah, stuff like the that. The difference between interested. the beginner and a casual is so fucking hard. Dude, he actually said what I mentioned earlier about like the level differences and skills and stuff. Like you have like beginners and you have intermediates and you got top eights. And that's like basically how it is. Like, like it's like in Skullgirls, this is what I always feel like in Skullgirls is once you learn how to do like one reset, you already pass the level of beginner. Mm-hmm. And you know how to use it and execute it well, you already passed the level of beginner. 
Because not only do you know how to do the reset, you took the time to figure out how to do it. And now you know how to really open somebody up. But usually beginners don't do that. That level difference is always so big, man, with a casual and a beginner. They're so right about that stuff, man. It's a difference between somebody that, that knows how to quarter circle and then somebody that, no, no, somebody that doesn't know how to quarter circle and somebody that knows how to quarter circle into a super, into your ass getting death. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I, I agree, but there's a couple points here. First of all, you know how he starts the sentence. He says, I, I enjoy watching fighting games more so than playing them mm -hmm. because, he, you know, he, he, he plays a little bit. He feels a little bit confident with what he's doing just by mashing. He goes online and he's taught that he's like, actually, you didn't learn anything. That happens a lot to beginners. Yeah. Yep. But there is a misconception here with what he said. And this is the only part that I would like to correct him on is that about getting better in fighting games. So the difference between learning the game's mechanics post the button mashing phase and applying frame data or executing optimal combos isn't casual to beginner. That's beginner to intermediate slash high level. I think the gap that they think that is like, oh, casual to beginner, I think they think that's much wider than what it actually is. Because if you're doing optimal combos, forget optimal combos. If you're doing any combos that don't drop and you're beginning to understand a little bit of frames, that's not even close to being a beginner. That's probably mid intermediate level to start beginning to becoming high level. Like that's, you put way more dedication in than you really think. So that's the only part that I would disagree with is like, I think that the gap that they're thinking of beginner is not the one that applies frame data. That's, that's a different level, man. You, the jump from casual to beginner is way shorter than it is from beginner to intermediate. So just a little point there. Yeah, and I would say two things too, man. Uh, I feel like to make that distinction is also the fact that it makes fighting games so hard. It's hard to have that distinction to begin with. Like, where is the distinction? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, outside looking in, you don't know what you're looking at, right? Exactly. So it's like that's what I'm saying, though. That's that's what that's what is added to it. So it's like, I guess if I know Tekken and I know data, that means I'm super good. You know what I'm saying? But then if I don't know data and I know and I play a little Tekken, I mean, I'm I'm a casual ass dude. And to I would even say to piggyback off what you said earlier, man, they already compared themselves to the people at the highest of levels. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. They compared themselves to the highest of levels and then they go online and then they get bodied. It's like watching uh, NBA, man. And then you're like, damn, I can't dunk at all. I might as well just watch people that dunk. Like <laughs> it's like you want you rather watch somebody that can do something 10 times better than you. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to discern between because it's video games, right? It's not like some crazy athletic feat. Yeah, like man. if today, you know, you woke up and you're like, I want to pick up boxing. And then you're just like, OK, what should I do? Let me go to a boxing ring. And then you go spar Floyd Mayweather. Like that's not a good idea because <laughs> there's a discrepancy there. But you should be able to tell because, you know, he's been doing it for a long time. And the fact that he's very famous and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I and the levels are harder to see in a video game. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's so much harder to see. But, like, in a physical sport, you can already tell this dude is much more physically active than me. He's ripped. He's freaking amazing. He's got all this money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you can already kind of make that easy visual uh, comparison. But with the video game stuff, it's like, nah, it's like everyone else just looks just like you. But this dude could hit buttons like crazy. So. Mm -hmm. It's not easily identifiable like that. Yeah, man. Okay. I think we have two clips here remaining. And this uh, fifth clip 
is pretty interesting as well. It's uh, Joey speaking on the fact that fighting games, unlike other games, they don't leave things to chance and they're very skill-based structures. So take a listen to clip number five. In fighting games, there's no element of chance yeah, in yeah. any way, like especially if you're at a pro level, because they just yeah. know that's, like what's coming. And I think that's kind of fun, and that's the kind of stuff that really drives me into like overdrive of wanting to learn something. Is right. that yeah. like I had a chance of beating that guy, and I could yeah. have done it if yeah. I just keep practicing. I'll easily get it, right. and then I keep going. And that's how I got into league. The, I thought the ending of that clip was <laughs> pretty apparent. You know how he ends it, it was like it's how I got into league. <laughs> <laughs> funny i was like so how did we take you to league man <laughs> i appreciate that they said that it is such a skill based and they like it of course we know that there is it's not a hundred percent skill based there's you know there's luck involved there's as some with, funky things that happen but for the yeah. most part it is skill based yeah that's with almost everything though not every anything is 100 percent skill based i think the only thing that's 100 percent skill based is probably like chess but even then, you a, a person can mess up, and then there's some luck involved, right? Because mm-hmm. it is it, it's the enjoyable part of, of fighting games, and that's basically what I mentioned earlier. It's the intrinsic, it's the inside feeling you get. That feeling of man, I could have actually beat him. That is the inside feeling. When you play fighting games, it's either you lose or you win. The game does not tell you what is disrespectful. It doesn't tell you what you did wrong it doesn't do that it, it's not talking to you it's not hand holding you it's you win you lose that's it that's why we love them right because it's uh like fighting right. games are the truth like we're gonna find out what's up there's not gonna be bullshit for the most part we're gonna know that's why i really i'm attracted to fighting games as a, as a form of competition because a lot of it is pretty accurate to what what is going on? Unless you're somebody like say, super salty, like LTG, where he loses, like this guy's garbage. But like, well, you shouldn't have lost to him. <laughs> yeah, man. The one part that uh, I don't really understand it is like because it's skill based, it'd be like, oh, that means I'll be able to truly know that I am better than that guy versus leaving it up to a chance, to a coin flip, to something that's lucky or whatever. If there's a gimmick, and that's the reason why you won. Like, I would feel worse if, for example, in Tekken, all of a sudden I get an item and I have this invincible move that does 80 damage. Like, I didn't really earn that. Like, that's just something that was given to me based off of luck. So when they said that, I was like, is that really a deterrent for newcomers? I don't know. I mean, from their point of view, it seemed like it was. I found that pretty interesting. So I'm going to hit you with mario party that game is full of chance and random counter and random factors and stuff like that and it makes the random in this in the game makes it 10 times more fun be honest with you Mm -hmm. ideally like in an ideal situation it would make more sense for the person to lose based off on the grounds of just sucking but remember we're humans and we don't like to lose so it's like this it's it also piques the interest of the people that want to leave it to chance and it makes things more unpredictable and some people like unpredictability like in a fighting game if you play against someone that you're bad at they'll probably always lose you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but in mario party if you play against someone that's not that good at mario party and you're much better you might still lose something like that because they could take a star from you or some bull crap like that you said uh, there's a, a couple things I want to touch on. One is people don't like taking L's, right? Mm-hmm. I think in the FGC, and I can't really speak to any other community because I'm not a part of any other community, but in the FGC, 
for the most part, there's a, a couple of outliers. For the most part, people have, have really handled taking L's as just part of the process. Like they've, mm -hmm. they've done a pretty good job of it. It's you're going to lose. You're sometimes you're going to lose to people that are way better than you. Every now and again, you'll probably lose to somebody who's a little worse. Sometimes you lose the same people, the same skill, but you are going to lose. It's just a matter of a fact. So I think the FGC and fighting game players have really become more accustomed to this concept of like losing is doesn't mean that you're bad. It means that you're learning. So yeah, that's, man. that's one, two. So they said that like, they don't believe ever that a high skill level player. I think that was Connor that said this, a high skill level player will ever lose to a low skill level player. Like that never happens. It can't propel a newcomer to victory over a veteran. My look, my counter argument to that is when Tekken seven first launched, when people started figuring out what rage arts are, you saw a lot of people, people that didn't play Tekken start taking rounds over people that who are legacy Tekken players because of the factor that is rage art. Now it doesn't mean that they took the game, but it did still allow them to take certain rounds and, and win a little bit through the process. So I will say that's a little counter argument. Rage arts did do that in traditional fighting games. So I also want to say things probably like X factor and Marvel and um, D trigger and street fighter five, that mm -hmm. stuff can be kind of heinous, man. I, I mean, but yeah, definitely Ra rage arts were like stupid, man. I hate rage arts. You were one of the victims of a newcomer stealing yeah. around with rage art. I wake yeah. up rage art. <laughs> definitely, man. What was the first thing you mentioned, man? I, like, I forgot off the top of my head. because yeah, The, the FGC is really accustomed to taking L's. Oh, okay. So, see, that's another thing. Like I was saying, it's an inside feeling. We, You know, that is that is like the key to success. Understanding that you can fail is the key to success. Yeah. Being able to know that you can fail and know that from failure, you can learn more from it is how you succeed, really. Like, that's the true secret to that. But that is not an average person's mindset. Mm -hmm. That is not like people don't like to lose in general. We have so grown accustomed to taking those L's. Like I love taking L's, man. I take L's as learning, not as losses. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, remember when you you uh, won five games over me in three minutes in Skullgirls? Yeah. <laughs> can you can you guess how many seconds I was dwelling on those losses? <laughs> I don't know. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. I was like, well, that happened. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I didn't even care. Like, I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, that's it's Skullgirls. Like, I, I take it. Uh, yeah. But I wasn't like, it, it wasn't going to be something that's going to keeping me from sleeping. The other, like, it, mm -hmm. be like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Like, that should happen. Like, somebody yeah. who has a lot of hours in Skullgirls versus somebody who's just picked up Skullgirls, that should be the result every time. And so that's why, yeah. like, if fighting games weren't honest, I wouldn't accept that result. Like Yo, that should real, happen. Man. Yeah, it's like you know what it taught you. Like I'm not playing prune. No <laughs> <laughs> like that dude oh, is man. cheap. It's okay. I got yeah. my run back in TFH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got me body there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one final last clip here. This is clip six, and this is the Trash Taste uh, crew talking about. Uh, the FGC outside looking in. So this is a cool little clip to to summarize this whole thing. So this is clip number six. We'll say like from from the outside looking in, the fighting game community looks like one of the funnest communities to be in. I love the trash talking. The trash yeah, talking is trash so talking. good, and it looks in, so yeah, fun. Like in League of Legends, they they ban that shit. And I'm like, dude, I love trash. <laughs> I love trash talking in video games. I think it's so fun. <laughs> Man. Maybe it's because like the trash talking in like some of those communities just go a little bit too far. Maybe. I mean, League of Legends is not trash feel, talk. It's like, I'm going yeah. to kill you and your family. Yeah, it's like a legit threat. <laughs> Yo, 
the league part. I'm going to kill you and your family. <laughs> dude, see, do oh yo, I, I just want to throw some shade right quick uh Go to ahead. League, but every time I watch that game, I know I've said it countless of times. That same boring ass green and brown <laughs> level that they always play on. And every time I watch it, it is such a snoreville of a game to watch. Mm-hmm. Like the lack of trash talking, it almost feels like League has no human soul. Like League is the guy that takes you on a date and you go home and nothing happened. FGCs is like the guy that took you on a date. You went to the, you went to the shore afterwards, uh, the pier, or whatever. You went to Coney Island, maybe had some sex or something. I don't know, man. You had a great <laughs> ass night. That's what the FGC is. It has the soul, the the passion, consensual, the hopefully. Yeah, of course, consensually. That's and legal. It has to be. It has to be legal and consensual. But it, it, it's there. But it feels hollow in a lot of other communities I've seen. Even Smash has that kind of heart, man. Those dudes can put the heart into their community. Yeah, it is cool. So obviously, we should have expected that a podcast called Trash Taste would like trash talking, but. Uh, it is mm-hmm. it is kind of yeah. neat the fact that they were complimenting the FGC outside looking in, saying that it looks a lot of fun because mm-hmm. because of the trash talking talking element and the fact that it's not as contained as something like League where you're not allowed to say anything because yeah, uh, again Joey was that. he did say that you know League people do go too far where it's, it becomes you know it's not it's not trash talking anymore it's just like complete violent threats to your family. <laughs> But uh, it is cool to see, like, even though that you every, after everything they said about fighting games and how the, the core of them are not appealing, it is cool that from a casual's perspective, their view on the FGC is still pretty favorable. So I thought that was cool. Dude, I, I would even say, too, because that that is what makes the FGC so cool, because even if you're a beginner, even if you're a casual, even if you don't play, you can come to these events and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the biggest aspect of it all in the big events. Sometimes locals may may not be as fun, I think, because you know everyone's kind of that's that's the dungeon dwellers. They get their training, in, you know what I'm saying? That's like it's like you going into a boxing ring and it was just training, and it's like well, you're not really gonna have fun because you're in the gym and everyone's just doing their thing. But on those events, like it's like a boxing match. People don't box, but they go to matches, MMA match, same thing, NFL, NBA, all that type of stuff. A lot of those people don't be, they don't be playing, but they like to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what I really, really like about the FGC. Those events are so fun, even if you don't play it. So, like, yeah, the, our games are hard, but the community is open enough to let y'all in, take a t- taste test over here, have a good time with us. But uh, I've tried looking at all kinds of like uh, sports and esports and stuff and competitive type of stuff, and I've looked at league matches, and they look so they're very professional. So it, it, for me personally, as a guy that plays games, that's not even right, man. That's like professional and video games don't go together, man. I'm a fat dude sitting in front of my computer playing games, eating Cheetos. I don't know what else I'm doing, man. But I, I, I did at least pee. But you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You're literally like, like none of those things. <laughs> I know, right? I, I know, I know, I know. I'm none of those things. But the joke <laughs> is, is that that's what it's about. It's it's a it doesn't match with with the person I am. Mm. So, like, when I see a lot of them, <laughs> that's for you. I'm none of them. <laughs> but, like, the 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 nature of those league tournaments I see is, like, it's all these big screens. Everybody's just sitting down, having a good time. It's almost like an opera compared to a rock concert. <laughs> and, like, I know that it's, like, 
like I know that's up. the thing. Go ahead. It says like buttoned up. You gotta let me breathe, man. Yeah, Tie's yeah. Seriously, tight. you're all buttoned up, suit and tie affair, sir. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I'm just, I just want to watch some video. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. this is a two hundred million dollar match, right? You gotta get ready with it. I agree, man. Hopefully, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, if I I wouldn't say if you are a casual and you're interested in fighting games, obviously now is not the right time because of the pandemic and you don't want to get COVID. <laughs> but um, if you are interested in going to a tournament, I don't I don't think even before the Sony acquisition, I don't think Evo was the one you should have gone to. You should mm-hmm. go to like go to Frosty Faustings, go to like Defend okay. the North, go to some of these smaller ones, so you can really appreciate what like the grassroots FGC is all about. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like that's the thing about like Evo too is like some people may just go because they want to go to Vegas, really. So they'll they'll yeah, be there true. for. That's why I don't like though in a way too because they'll be there, they'll be there for like three four hours and then they'll bounce and they'll never come back. Mm-hmm. But if you go to a combo breaker, there ain't really much anywhere else to go. So you're going to sit there and chill there for the next two to three days and enjoy Get that yourself. deep dish pizza. Yeah, right here. That's <laughs> how you're going to be eating pizza. <laughs> Chicago's pizza, man. Yep. But uh, dude, I should have had some pizza over there, man. I found, like, when I was in Combo Ricker, I got this tofu. I went to this place. Man, I, I had the world's best tofu, bro. That's safe. <laughs> Yeah, you're man. too busy trying to find your wallet and your phone and all the other stuff. <laughs> that was before I lost my wallet and everything <laughs> went to crap. <laughs> Dude, oh, but yeah, I think it's uh yeah, man, come you could always come down to those events and have a good time. And re- I think Combo Breaker is great too because like I I mean, I think CEO is is probably that premier event because they do like wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's amazing for a spectator. They do the whole rest, the wrestling ring, and, and it's Florida. You got the beach. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, well, they went to Daytona last time. Remember that? Didn't yeah, that's true. Go watch a race, <laughs> a racetrack. Uh, go watch NASCAR or whatever. <laughs> oh man, I know, but you're right. There's that. But uh, I think they're going to Orlando now, right? That's what he's probably going to do next, right? Uh, depends on how many people he has, but yeah, normally. So CEO stands for Community Effort Orlando, but because yeah. they were they were at capacity at that venue in Orlando, they moved to Daytona, so it's bigger. So they didn't change the name. Oh, that messed me up, man. CED, would it be? That's <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that the old meant Orlando, man. I yeah. thought it was organization or something like that, man. <laughs> no. God damn! What a I just like I'm you over here doing me getting me the uh, Mandela effect. Over here. <laughs> Yep, but it's dude, community effort Orlando. Oh my god, what a mind I'm brain blasted <laughs> over here, dude. But yeah, I think it would be good just to come down. I think those events, Combo Breaker is great too. I was gonna say because it has like arcades sometimes too. So like people be playing all kinds of random stuff. Like mm-hmm. I know people that like they don't play fighting games, but they join the mystery tournament, and that's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because sometimes it'd be like some random ass Mugen game or something, which is or great. like Catherine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, dude. That's awesome. And it's like perfect for anybody to play because we don't know how to play, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or we don't know what the game is, so we can't prepare for it. Yep. All right, Pringle. We got uh, two last things here, and this is comes from Patreon. So I put this clip on Patreon to see if anybody had questions after we obviously dissect this whole thing that that came from uh, the Trash Taste uh, clip. And we got two things. So Dragmageddon, or rather Dragon Mageddon, which is a great name, by the way. He said this. This is kind of his opinion, not really a question. So he said that this clip cracks me up. The guy on the left, which he's talking about Connor, he's the guy who's talking about League, um, probably never played a fighting game for more than 10 minutes. The moment he said, that's how I got into League, he exposed himself. 
because all of the nonsense he said about having to learn combos and frame data applies even more so to League when you, in the long run, have to memorize everyone's moves and cooldowns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so true, man. Like it... Double standard there. Yeah, yeah. I remember Iron Bagel was telling me about that, where it's like, yo, this game actually... like. So like, I was saying this thing with him, because I was talking to him about it, and it was just a general over there in the Discord, and he was like, I was like, I feel like League is an easier game to get into, but like not easier in the sense where it's like easy to get in, hard to master. More like it's easy in the sense where it's just free and all your friends are playing it and all you have to do is like download it and it probably doesn't take that long and you just kind of hop into it and all your friends are just kind of playing it. Mm -hmm. So it's like one of those things where it's like a community kind of thing. But in reality, I know that League in itself if you try to get into the game, it's super deep because, for one, those games last 40-so minutes. But remember, League is a game that plays off more people. Like, it's a team-based game. Mm -hmm. So you could have somebody carrying you throughout the, the time you're playing it and, it, and you could be the new player amongst experienced players, and that could net you wins compared to in a fighting game where it's just you get body and there's no, like, safety net. Yeah. So I, I would say that's probably why I think personally why League is an easier game to get into and why I why it made me laugh too when he said, hey, and that's when I got into League because I was like, yeah, it makes more sense because <laughs> the fall isn't that hard. You know what I'm saying? It, it's not the falling that hurts, it's the landing, right? So like yep. the landing isn't as bad when you got other people holding you up. Mm -hmm. The last thing here, and I love this one, you know, Jam, if you're in the Discord, obviously, if you're a part of FGC Hollywood, everybody knows Jam. He, he never pulls any punches and uh, this... This little note that he left me on Patreon with regards to this clip is uh, is is so jam-like. So he said, <laughs> that video clip is more proof that trying to appeal to normies is futile. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, already... Uh, yeah, he is. They already have dead-set preconceived notions about fighting games that are objectively false. What do you mean learn combos? Why not hop in and try to make your own strings? What do you mean steep learning curve? Have you not played Rocket League, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> These people just can't take an L since that is what happens most of the time when you play a fighting game. Cowards and weaklings. <laughs> <laughs> this man, Jam is Akuma right now. And everybody, <laughs> and everybody, and he's hoping everybody could be real. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, they, they, people don't like losing. Rocket League is another case where it's a team-based game and everybody is playing. But I've seen... I've seen some pretty complex things with that game. It'd be like, yeah, you got to talk about the vert and the circumference of where the car goes. And depending on how you drift the car in the air, I'm like, whoa, what? What you talking about, man? <laughs> they what, got their own frame data nerds over yeah, there. Yeah, man. What do you mean you got to change and shift the car in the air and all this stuff? Yeah, I I do understand that. Although the, the cowards and weaklings comments, I mean, goddamn, that's harsh. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> he said, uh, he stopped his feet <laughs> like, like Akuma. <laughs> yeah he definitely doesn't hold any punches but listen i understand i will say though i do think that input like this from trash taste is extremely valuable for mm -hmm. the fgc i i took a lot out of it personally um i think it's valuable to get a casual perspective they were talking about it a little bit more in depthly as far as what knowledge base they have from a casual point of view so i thought it was really good i think this is the type of thing the developers should look at and then you know they should look at this side with the casual perspective and then look at like our side or you know pro player side and mm -hmm. and get uh get feedback from all these places to really try to better make the direction of fighting games 
go towards this road where like everybody's happy and uh Right now, I think we're, we whiffed on it in the, the eighth console generation. I think we definitely mm-hmm. whiffed on it a little bit. Maybe in the ninth console generation, we'll be able to do better. But yeah, I know I'm a little late on this clip because it did come out like six, five or six months ago. So I, I just didn't have trash taste on my radar because I didn't really know who they were. But uh, yeah, I did think it was, a, it was a pretty good clip to listen to from a casual perspective. And uh, yeah, it's, it's also fun dissecting from an FGC mm-hmm. perspective. I, I enjoyed doing this. Yeah, man, and I do appreciate Trash Taste. I didn't even know that was a thing. I might have to tune into their podcast because I do like uh, Gigak and Anime Man. Their their stuff is pretty good. I watch it every once in a while, but I didn't know that that was such a big. Like, I'm looking at the podcast. It's got like eight hundred thousand, and I'm like, whoa, dude! Like, yeah, I didn't they're know really, they really there. big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did not did not know that at all, man. These dudes got a side hustle out here doing a podcast <laughs> for fun. Man, if only we could do it where we could have it so that we're just like in the same room. That would be sick as hell, man. That would be <laughs> sick. Uh, you never know, man, what dope, the future man. holds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, who knows, man? Yeah, but like, I, I feel like that 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 always makes a podcast like more um, interactive. More I could feel it, kind of what they're going with. But I, know. I didn't know that they were that big, man. I, I didn't even know they had a pod. I don't feel like they like advertise it, which is pretty interesting that they don't go out their way to advertise it but then again i don't really like i don't like tuning too much into anime youtube land same i mean so, i as i said i've i've reclaimed my my weeb card but it's still dormant so <laughs> yeah you're still out here like man i can't watch mob psycho anime I'll i can't the manga. i tried <laughs> i, tried, I can't man. blame you though you're you're probably just one of those people that like everything to be quiet <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. Dude, because I I feel it though. Because with JRPGs, I'm like, why is all this talk? Why are they talking? Okay, like shut up and and let me just read. All right, Pringle, my man, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this lengthier than usual episode of FCC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. Again, to everybody that's listening, uh, no podcast next week. I got uh, traveling to do and acclimating to a schedule that I still don't know what it, what it is. So um, we'll figure it out as we go. So we'll take a week off um, and then go from there. But uh, please give me your feedback at the top of the show. I did mention that uh, perhaps a format change for the YouTube version of the podcast will come. So please let me know in the comments in YouTube if you are listening to this on YouTube. And if you're on audio, um, you can do whatever you want. You can just keep listening and uh, nothing is changed. I uh, appreciate everybody for listening on every platform, Patreon, of course, all those shout-outs to FCC Hollywood. And, uh, yeah, my name is Max Bleiser. That was Pringle the One, and we will see you guys not next week, but two weeks from now. Anyway, peace out, y'all. Take care, y'all. Hope y'all good for two weeks. Might be fiending, but take care. <laughs> peace. peace.